Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? It's showtime. Hello guys and welcome to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. I'm your host Robbie. And I'm Sammy. And today on this episode, we are talking about The Last Scream, the requel, Scream Mm -hmm. 5. Yes. But before we get into that, we are going to banter because Mm -hmm. we have some exciting news for you Scream fans and horror fans and everything like that. Yes. So this Wednesday... October 5th. Yeah. We are going to be interviewing the cheerleader in the first Scream movie, the 1996. Yes. We are going to be interviewing her for our show, our podcast yes, show. Yes, very she, excited. She's going to be our first guest. Woo-hoo. So, very excited to have her. If you guys don't know who we're talking about, she's the cheerleader. Sydney was in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's right before she gets attacked. Yes. But her and her friends are talking about homicide instead of murder and mm-hmm. how a homicide is in instead of uh, suicide mm-hmm. definitely go check that out but we're super excited to have her yes on the show for she, sure she's our first guest Woo-hoo. on this podcast show yes. so also we are having a number a call-in number that we will have it's not available at this recording but you can check out our social media mm-hmm. and if you want to call to request a movie for us to check out, Mm -hmm. just to say, hey, let us know how the show is. You can call, you can be able to check out our Boogeyman, You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast Mm -hmm. on Instagram or Limitless Broadcasting Mm -hmm. on Instagram for the number. Mm -hmm. You guys can call in and chat with us. And if you wanna be a guest on the show, that's an easier way to- Get a hold of us. Get a hold of us. Yeah. So that is coming out, not at this time, but Mm -hmm for our next recording Mm -hmm. by the time this is posted you should have uh visibility to it on our socials Mm -hmm. absolutely so definitely keep in touch again like subscribe comment Mm -hmm. you know that helps out a small channel definitely subscribe to our youtube channel yes that's where you're going to get early access to this Mm -hmm. so now anything else you want to banter about before we start i don't have anything to add no no You're the one with all the big announcements no that well again we have 
the new Limitless Broadcasting site coming uh-huh. up. That will be out in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Sammy actually just redesigned her logo. So oh, yeah. if you do follow us on Instagram, you have seen it already. So mm-hmm. let us know what you think of it. Sammy yeah. designed that. That's going to be our new logo for the new website. Mm-hmm. The Pixie Dust Twins will have a new website coming out. Yes. And 1950 Studios will have Ooh. a new studio website. Awesome. It, and we're going to be working on getting a boogeyman podcast website up, but that's, that's going to awesome. be down the line. Cool. So awesome. Awesome. I yeah. think that's same, same code for Sammy telling me to wrap it up with the banter. <laughs> uh, no, no, you can say whatever you want. So, all right. So let's jump into the 2022 scream. Okay. AKA the recall. Yes. AKA the recall, the recall. So remember it's always someone, you know, Yes. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. This movie, I'm not too excited to talk about, but it is what it is. So I have a lot of comments for this movie. Mm, So let's just jump into the summary. Yes. 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the film was released on January 14th, 2022. And that was 25 years and 25 days since the original film's release date. So we have to say this is the first movie in in the franchise that mm-hmm. Wes Craven did not direct. I was definitely going to mention that, but thank you. So I wanted to mm-hmm. start that off top. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was not around. As we said, the last movie was four. He passed away. Mm-hmm. This movie was rated R. Genre, again, is horror, mystery, and thriller. And thriller the previous okay. ones were rated, the genre was horror and comedy. So this is a little bit different. Okay. Director is Matt Bedinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillette. Gillette? Gillette? I'm not sure. I'm not anyway. sure either. They're the directors. Probably from Paramount. <laughs> uh, produced by William Shrake. James Vanderbilt and Paul Neinstein. 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 I'm really struggling with my life with these. It was written by James Van- James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. Okay. So no Kevin Williamson. Kevin on this. Williams. That's probably why I have so many comments about the movie. He was listed somewhere as a producer, okay. but I don't think he was like super heavily involved. Okay. The movie debuted with $30 million at the box office. It actually ended up at $33.8 million. It was released over MLK weekend. Okay. Martin Luther King. So okay. It picked up a little bit extra money technically opening weekend because it had four days. It was the first film to actually dethrone Spider-Man No Way Home at the box office. Really? Really? Which Spider-Man came out in December. So. Yeah. Yeah. Its overall gross in the U.S. was $81.6 million. And its budget was $24 million. So again, it got back its budget. It also had a lower budget than some of the previous What was production movies? budget? $24 million. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. You would think it would have a higher production yeah, budget because but... it's the sixth installment in the franchise. Mm, fifth. Fifth, yes. We're not talking about Scream 6. Not that, there yet. That is coming out. So it's distributed by Paramount Pictures, another change from the previous movies. This well, is because the uh, big scandal with happened. With the wine scenes and everything like that. And yeah. Max and everything uh, like that. So yeah, Paramount distributed this one. 
Its runtime is an hour and 54 minutes. Okay. And as far as reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it a 76%. So they seem to like it. Audience gave it an 82%. Again, really? it's pretty high actually for screen movies. And it's sitting at 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Wow. It has high ratings. Wow. And I do you agree with that? I find that surprising. I do find that surprising because I would myself. not have done that. <laughs> I would not myself. have done that either. Again, we'll we'll get into this. We're just giving you killer facts right now. Yes, it has some fun taglines, including the killer is on this poster, but like everybody is on the poster, so kind of makes sense right. if you looked at the posters. And don't see it alone. I thought that was a good tagline, even though I think the movie is not that great. Let me ask you. For those of you who are gonna watch this, how many horror movies do you go and see alone? Comment in the comment box below. Like, do you see horror movies alone? That's a good question. I know I have done that. Yes. I mean, I don't mind seeing a horror movie alone, but do you do you generally go see a horror movie by yourself? I would not be on that list to go see it alone. Just saying. Okay. So if you remember, the original Scream was filmed in California. Right. This movie was filmed actually in um, North Carolina. Okay. Why is that? I don't know, but it was. Probably they gave them more taxes. It's probably a tax break. Yeah, exactly. Filming took place against across several avenues in Wilmington, including exterior shots of Wilston Middle School and interior shots of Cardinal Lane Shipyard, and 10th street and 10th street you yeah. can't forget about 10th street. i don't know it was on 10th street but but i mean i know the bowling alley i believe was in cardinal lanes i think that's where that was like in that same area there was also the union building ila union building was used as the woodsboro police station for this movie and the wilmington river walk is where sydney was jogging with okay. her kids yeah and then dewey calls her yeah mm-hmm Okay. So that's where that was. All right. So we got a lot of new people in the cast and some old faces as and well. Some faces. Nev Campbell was once again back as Sydney Prescott. She's now married. She has kids. It's a whole thing. Yep. Courtney Cox returned as Gail Weathers, no longer married to Dewey. Dewey. Deputy Dewey. Mm-hmm. David Arquette, of course, is back as Dewey, no longer town sheriff, adding to his sadness. Yeah. <laughs> Divorce and no longer sheriff. Melissa Barrera was Sam Carpenter. So Sam she Carpenter. was one of the main stars. She's the illegitimate daughter of? Of? Not, it's uh, Billy. Billy, Billy Loomis. Loomis. Yes. I always get Steve and him confused. Mm, Billy Loomis. There Billy you go. Loomis. We're going to do trivia questions as we go in here because I could not find any good ones for the end. So okay. we're going to mix it up a little for this episode. So Billy Loomis. Yes. Jack Wade was Richie Kirsch, who is Sam's boyfriend. Okay. And also, spoiler alert. He was actually in, she, he actually stars in The Boys on Amazon. Ah, and he's the killer in this movie. Yes, he's A one of the killers. Killer, yes. Mikey Madison uh, was Amber Freeman, who was Tara's best friend and... And the one, ki- of, the one of the killers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also a killer. Yes. In this as well. Jenna Ortega played Tara Carpenter, who is Sam's teenage half-sister. Yep. Dylan Minette was Wes Hicks, who yep. was deputy, no, sheriff in this movie. Sorry, yeah. Sheriff Judy's teenage son. And he was actually in 13 Reasons yeah. on Netflix. And wasn't he in The Maze Runner, right? And the, I 
believe for a small i think he was like a big part of the maze runner no i think you're right actually yeah. i thought it, for some reason i thought it was a small part but yeah yeah i think you're right it was a bigger part if that's wrong i'm sorry but i think he was in the maze runner right jasmine savoy brown was mindy meeks martin who was randy's teenage niece okay mason gooding was his was her twin brother chad meeks martin so obviously he was randy's nephew makes mm -hmm. sense Sonia Amar was Liv McKenzie, who is Chad's girlfriend, and wrongly accused. Yep. Mm, wrongly accused. Just this. I this. knew it wasn't her when I was watching. I was like, she didn't do so it. So you figured it out before the big uh, reveal. I knew, was pretty sure it was Amber, but I wasn't sure who the accomplice was okay. for a while. But I was like, it's not. I, I felt like Liv was too obvious. And I was like, it's not her. Okay. Marley Shelton returns as Sheriff Judy Hicks, as I said. Skeet Ulrich, he is briefly in this as Billy Loomis as a hallucination. Yes. But he actually did film his part. He was so on set. it wasn't yes. just like previous films. Magic right, right. He was, he, was he was there. He was there. Mm -hmm. I remember when this movie was coming out, they wanted to keep that very top secret mm -hmm, that he as another it. spin mm -hmm. to kind of give it a homage to the older. Yeah, I film. guess. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Kyle Gallner was Vince Schneider, who is Stu, um, Stu's nephew. Chester Tam was Deputy Vincent. Reggie Conquest is Deputy Farney. Heather, oh, Heather Matarazzo returns as Martha Meeks, who's Randy's sister. She's yep. back again, obviously, because she's Chad and Mindy's mother. Yep. So she made a cameo back in this. Roger L. Jackson, once again, voice, voice of, of Ghostface. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Speed is in the movie. Within the movie, the Stab. The movie Stab as Randy. He plays Randy, but yeah. So that was a previously unseen clip that we hadn't seen in the previous we actually movies for Stab. Follow somebody on Instagram that is producing the Stab movies on Bizarre. YouTube. So Bizarre. they're actually releasing them. Oh, that's funny. So we'll, I, we'll definitely to try to get them on the show or yeah, that's pretty check cool. them out. That's exactly. really cool. Filming. As we alluded to before, this is the first screen movie to be shot digitally with ARRI Alexa mini cameras. Alexa, okay. Mm -hmm. Unlike the previous films, which were all shot on 35 millimeter film with the Panavision Panaflex cameras. I'm sure they edited it to look like film mm -hmm. though. Possibly, but I don't know. I guess it did kind of look. Film has that gritty feel. That I don't know if this it, one really had that look though. It's It sucks you in. Mm -hmm. Did this movie suck you in? No. No. Mm -mm. Principal photography was originally scheduled to begin in Wilmington, North Carolina in May 2020. I bet you know what happened. It was delayed because of the COVID-19 oh, pandemic. The vid. The vid. Filming began actually on September 23rd, 2020, and it was under the working title Parkside. Do you remember when this movie, they were promoting this movie, mm -hmm. they released the trailer and then they were like, oh, it's going to be out this such and such date and then mm -hmm. COVID hit mm -hmm. and then everything got delayed. Was, yeah, this movie, Top Gun Maverick, so many other movies. Wasn't Top Gun like three years yes. delayed eventually? Yes. Oh, it's crazy. But it's worth the wait. It's over a billion dollars now. Yeah, so. it doesn't fit our genre, but did Nostalgia. enjoy Top Gun. Did enjoy yeah. Top Gun, the new one. All right, so got some killer facts for you. 
total kills eight in this one so down a little bit only eight kills really from some of the previous movies Mm -hmm. okay so vince schneider was stabbed in the side of the neck by amber with a knife and then bled out died okay sheriff judy hicks was stabbed very specifically eight times by amber in the stomach why do you think eight times i have no idea is there a meaning behind that i have no idea i don't know there has to be there could be i don't know i didn't count i got this again like dead meat wiki and wikipedia and we'll have to check that out whatnot. why yeah, eight I don't times know. Mm-hmm. that seems, seems so specific yeah deputy keith had his throat slashed open by amber with a knife off camera but they found his body okay um dewey okay mm. Mm. i know dewey was stabbed in the back and stomach by amber with two knives and he like got i don't he even got know gutted. like gutted and so let's now we're at dewey mm. what do you think of the passing of dewey it was a mistake. Do you think they should have done it? I have I have some trivia coming up about that specific death that we from the cast members, but I don't think they should have killed him. This is kind of like when they killed Randy. Yes. And I, I think this is worse though. Yes. Because it loses something. It they loses something from him. the franchise. Yeah. That they're never gonna you know, it could be a multiverse like Marvel, but yeah. How are they gonna put that? genie back in the bottle they're not they're not it lost something it's terrible you shouldn't have done it no i agree with you it just no mm -mm. you could have done this still fake out like we've seen because wes loved it right not make up his mind about what's going on with dewey but right i don't think he should have died i agree with you you. should have made it through but that is that is the true death Liv was i love these descriptions blasted in the forehead by amber with a handgun blasted in the forehead. I did actually enjoy that little reveal when they're like freaking out and blaming Liv and she's like it's not me I just found Chad you know covered mm-hmm. in blood and then how Amber's just like I know boom I was like yes damn okay yeah but I knew it wasn't her sitting watching the scene I'm like okay well Amber's gonna reveal herself because she clearly did it and she did it in a pretty cool way epic I would say mm-hmm. I'll give them that that was a good reveal absolutely I liked that yeah Richie was stabbed through both cheeks several times in the stomach and chest. His throat was slashed with Amber's knife, and then he was shot three times by Sam. Jeez. Bum, bum, bum. Why well, to make sure somebody's dead? You really you go out You gotta go after these people, though. They always come yeah, back, right? They always do come back. They always come back. Amber was shot repeatedly by Sydney and Gail, set on fire with an oven stove light. That was pretty, pretty epic, too. You know the what? fire thing, I did like that. At the end of it, I'm sure she's glad she's glad she died mm-hmm. because surviving that and having to heal from it that would have sucked. Oh my gosh, um, she had half of her head burned off and then she was shot in the eye by Tara. Jeez. I did enjoy. I like Tara's little little. You know, I actually enjoyed the ending part. I guess of this movie, I find I found the climax scene enjoyable. The okay. rest of the movie, I don't think it when was, they're at uh, Sue's house. Yeah, when they're at the and it's everything's going down with Amber and, and Richie. I did actually enjoy the last part, the way they set it up. I think mm-hmm. they did a good job with that. The, only, the rest of the movie, I was not really thrilled with. There was a couple parts like with Gail. She got like shot or stabbed in the chest. Yeah, she's hunched over like oh, and then all of a sudden she's, she's just fine. Fine. That, that is annoying bothered yeah. me i was like why that is obnoxious are you doing that when they do that like be consistent just 
And Either then, she's injured or she's not injured. You exactly. Know? The ambulance, she's like, I guess they patched her up off camera. Yeah. But it just, it annoyed me. Yeah. It was the same thing with Sam. Like, she got stabbed and she's just, like, walking around like it's it's fine. There's a bandage. Like, right. Oh. Are you sure you didn't pierce an organ or something? There's a lot going on down there. Now that I have a bandage, it's cool. Yeah. That annoyed me, too. I'll give you yeah. that. And like all previous Scream films, Roger L. Jackson was actually on the phone with the characters as Ghostface. I bet he loves doing that. You say that every time I you do bet. this, and I think you're right every time you I say it. I think he would just, I mean, it's an, it's not like he's actually running around. He's just has to call, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has an easy part. Yeah, a fun part. A fun part, too. Mm-hmm. So Spyglass Media Group had to secure their rights from Fun World to use the original Ghostface mask for the film. Okay. I guess that makes sense. There's a lot of changing of hands for mm-hmm. the, the movie. That's why it took so long to actually, from the last movie till now, mm-hmm. number one, West died. 11 years. Mm-hmm. They, the, the original cast didn't want to do another one without mm-hmm. West. So these two directors mm-hmm. came to get Nev Campbell on mm-hmm. board. And they knew if they can get her on board, everybody else would fall into yeah, place. Yeah, they'll be able to get everyone else. Makes so, sense. Yeah. Dylan's reaction to seeing Ghostface was genuine as the filmmaker snuck the killer into a take where he wasn't expected to be. Um, and then you add in that Dylan hadn't seen the Ghostface costume yet, and he was legitimately surprised in the moment. Okay. That's pretty clever. That is pretty clever. To get a good reaction. That's a good. Yeah. Dewey's first guess of Ghostface Killer to Sam in his trailer is the identity of Ghostface, much like Randy's guess in the original Scream being correct. Because he says it's the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He's right. Should have stuck with that, dude. Yeah. Stuck with it. Uh, David Arquette filmed his death scene without a stunt double. I really? That was interesting. Well, good for him. And Jack Quaid was actually in the costume in the scene where Ghostface attacks Mindy. So on the couch. Okay. Yeah. He That's was actually guy, wearing it. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Richie. Yep. 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 Okay. He was actually wearing the costume. And I like facts like that because I'm sure that's funny. fun for them to be like, yes, let me wear the costume. Yeah. So as far as special effects, I only had one good one to really share for this movie, but I want to throw it in. A prosthetic neck was created for Dylan to film the scene where Ghostface stabs Wes through the neck, which makes sense. Okay. But I was thinking it's cool because I'm like, I don't see it when I'm watching the movie. Maybe some of you did, mm-hmm. but... I don't think of it. I don't see it. So like I think you, they did a good you job. You sound this way, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we do have horror movie references. So thank you for that. Thank you for going back. At least back. we did that with a typical Scream movie. Yes. While Richie is watching a YouTube video about Stab 8, one of the thumbnail recommendations beside it is an interview with the Woodsboro survivor, Kirby Reed. Really? I did not notice that. That's how we know she is alive. This Easter egg confirms her survival as her fate had been speculated ever since the fourth film was released. I will definitely That's how you know. to go back and watch that's that. That's how people knew that she survived. A YouTube video with the title, Did the Real Life Stew Survive? is glimpsed on a laptop screen. A reference to how often the idea of bringing back Matthew Lillard to stew has been tested as a possibility. I, I thought that's funny. I think they should. Because honestly, the TV following, I can understand like stunning mm-hmm. him, but yes. killing him, I feel like he could be another ghost face killer that got away with it. Mm-hmm. He and Angelina should team up. That would be cool. And uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this or not, but in an early draft of Scream 3, Stu was the killer. But, really? But at Columbine and all that, remember, screwed right. up that yeah. script. So. 
Yeah. He didn't return. So he almost I, made it I back. I think they paid him for Scream almost. 2. When he signed up for Scream 1, they actually paid him already for that Scream 2. That may be. 2. I don't know. And then they went in a different direction. That could be. I don't know. The This is the first Scream film not directed by Wes Craven, as we said, because he had passed away from cancer. But they did name the character of Wes in honor of him. And the film is dedicated to him at the end of the credits. Right. Mm-hmm. At the very end of the film, the title card appears that reads for Wes in memory of the original director. And there is a sound bite of birds chirping. This is due to the fact that in his free time, Wes Craven was an avid bird watcher and enthusiast. I did not know that. I did not know that. And I think it's so cool that they added the birds in for him too. That's pretty cool. That, that was just, that's a lovely tribute. I think yeah, that's really nice that they did that. The first two films feature flash cut shots of Ghostface acting menacing before the end credits. Here, there is a flash of Ghostface honorably wiping his blade with his head bowed. And this is thought to be in another respectful fashion to honor Wes Craven. Okay. So, you know, like, you know, let's give a bow to our former- Former colleague. Director, colleague, yeah, yes. That's pretty Creator cool. of this entire thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason why we're here today. Exactly. And talking about this. To help this. make all this possible, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the original film, if you remember way back in 96, Sydney used an online 911 emergency system to call for help. Yep. The scene the was meant to show her typing her address, 34 Elm Street, but it was cut because of time. It isn't until this film that an Elm Street sign in Woodsboro is actually seen. So now it's official. Really? Okay. Yeah. So we can confirm that that is where Sydney grew up was on Elm Street, which is obviously another nod, nod to, to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. And Wes Craven. And Wes Craven. Um, I thought that was fun. And I didn't realize it was not really official until. I didn't know that. All the way until this movie. But because, you know, you cut things for movie time time and and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In an interview with Bloody Disgusting, co directors Matt and Tyler revealed that both Matthew Lillard and Drew Barrymore returned for voice cameos. Really? Okay. Did you know that? Did not know that either. Did you know that? I wonder which. Matthew Lillard does the voice of flamethrower Ghostface. This shit is lit, said Gillett, <laughs> referring to the take on the villain in the trailer for the Stab 8 movie within a movie. Okay. So it's, I feel like these would be hard to catch everything. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Lillard also spoke a line during the party scene, which is fitting because it takes place as the, the you know, in the first film. Right. The same location. Yeah. And it's his home, right? It's Stu's home. Right. There is a line when Amber's walking through the party. There's a couple right before she turns into the kitchen. And Matthew Lillard's automated dialogue replacement is Cool House Freeman, which we thought was funny because, you know, it's his house. Right, right. <laughs> so I think I, that's pretty clever. Did you catch that? No, this is not. stuff I did not realize. Like voice stuff, I feel like I was probably not paying enough attention. Yeah, there's so Just much watching. going on yeah. in the movie. For Barrymore who obviously played Casey in the first movie, big deal as we explained all of that. Her 20 minute scene. She is the voice of the principal who's making announcements at the beginning of the movie. And when the camera pans down from the tree to find our new cast at the picnic tables, you can hear her. Really? Okay. Yes. I have to go back and watch that. Yeah, I I was like, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I like that. The episode of Dawson's Creek that Tara's watching is season one, episode 11 called The Scare. This episode is a loving homage to Friday the 13th, where the Capeside gang are terrified that a serial killer is going to catch them. Joshua Jackson obviously starred in Dawson's Creek and also was in Scream 2. Two. Yep. As film student, he didn't even have a character name, if we can remember. 
Right. <laughs> Wasn't that like one of his very yeah? It was first like one movies? of his first movies. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about, Scott Foley was in Scream Three. He was the killer, so he had a big part in there. So there's mm-hmm. your. There's, There's your, your tie-ins. tie-ins. Yeah. And I know you had asked at the time about Scott Foley being in Dawson's Creek. And I guess this is a confirmation of that. Yeah. Because I said right. I didn't know because I'd never seen. Yeah, he was. Dawson's Creek. Everything on the YouTube page that appears in the film is an Easter egg right down to the subscriber number. So the YouTube channel has the sus- subscriber number set as 800,021,939, which is Wes Craven's birthday, August 2nd, 1939. Wow. Okay. That's clever. I like when people do stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you. It's really thought out yeah. when they do that. Yeah. Again, I did. I wasn't a huge fan of this movie, but I like stuff like this, and I like specifically that they were trying to honor Wes Craven. Right. I give them all sorts of credit for doing that. I think mm-hmm. that's great. The character names in Judy's phones are Leroy from the People Under the Stairs, Nancy T, who is Heather Langenkamp's character in Elm Street, Tina G, who is Amanda Wiss's character in Elm Street. And B. Adams, which is Brandon Adams, who played Fool in The People Under the Stairs. Okay. So there's some other references I would have never <laughs> in a million years. I think ago. Wes Craven did all those movies. I, I'm not sure about The People Under the Stairs. I want to say yes. Yes. But I would have never picked up on any of this if I have didn't ever, read it. Did, have I ever made you watch People Under the Stairs? No. no? I've not seen that one. It's, it's a different kind of movie. Well, it's going to be on the Wes Craven list, I'm sure. I'm sure it will so, be. So, yeah. The new ensemble cast of characters connections to the legacy characters are as follows, just to make sure we're clear on this. Samantha Carpenter is the daughter of Billy Loomis. Right. Wes is the son of Judy Hicks. Yeah. Sheriff Judy Hicks now. Chad and Mindy, as we said, are the nephew and niece of the late Randy Meeks. Yeah. Vince Schneider is the nephew of Stu. And Amber lives in Stu's house. Well, his okay. former house. Okay. The only Woodsboro High School teenager who does not have any connection to an on-screen legacy character is Liv. But her surname is Mackenzie. She's Liv Mackenzie, which seems to be a reference back to Casey Becker's Unseen Neighbors. Because if you remember right, they were going to go get go to the Mackenzies to call for help. Yes. Which yep. is also a reference to Halloween. So there's like all sorts of, yep. all sorts of references going on in this. How would you like to be that one person that doesn't have any connection? I mean, I'm glad she's, I'm mm-hmm. sure she's excited just to be in the movie. Yeah. But like. You're not related you're or no, in the house. You or, have no connection. Yeah. That would I get suck. It. Mm-hmm. But she died. So it really yeah. did suck for her, I guess. It really did. <laughs> Amber goes to the basement alone, despite knowing that a killer is on the loose, much like Stu in the first scream. She has no reason to worry because she's one of the killers. Mm-hmm. Later, Richie says, I'll be right back before he goes into the basement to get a beer. And again, he's one of the killers and he doesn't have anything to worry about. So right. that's, that's kind of keys right there. And later he comes back and tries to kill Mindy much in the same way that Randy was almost killed in the first film. It's literally like the same scene. Like when them- where she's talking to the television, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yep, like yep, the same, yep. the same freaking scene. And Amber, like Stu in the first movie, tries to fake being injured to Sydney and Gail, but Sydney's like, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. And I feel like that also actually ties into the last movie too, because Jill was doing the same kind of mm-hmm. shit, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, oh, they they injured me. I'm not really the killer, you know. Like Sydney's done with this. Right. She's over this. 
Sydney's done. She knows. She sees through all of this at this point. Everybody's bullshit. She sees through mm-hmm. it. So we talked about some of the voiceover actors. There were actually more involved really? in okay. the party scene. Yeah. So as we mentioned, Matthew, who played Stu, Drew Barrymore, who is Casey. Jamie Kennedy actually makes a voice cameo of Randy, who played Randy. Hayden Pantier, Kirby. She Henry, actually did. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Henry Winkler, who was the principal way back in the first one. And Adam Brody, who was one of our cops really? in the last one, provide voiceovers for partygoers and participate in a toast for Wes, which doubled as a tribute to Wes Craven. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. They That's also, the directors cool. are speaking in that voiceover scene as well. They're, they have a, you know, cameo voiceover. Craven's widow, Aya Labunka. I'm not sure if I said that right. Uh, yeah, you did. Previous screenwriter Kevin Williamson, previous composer Marco Beltrami, and previous editor Patrick Lucier, previous co-producer Julie Pleck, and filmmaker Ryan Johnson all are speaking. <laughs> it's like, I could never hear any of them. I could never hear. I didn't <laughs> even know that they were all in it. So a lot of people actually had voice cameos in the party, and it's specifically around the toast I did not know that. And I thought that was really nice for Wes. We're going to have to go back and rewatch that. And just, like, this, just this scene and try and really listen. Yeah. And see, and the principal because of Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because they're all, they're all still getting paid off of this mm-hmm. franchise. Yeah. I mean, especially Drew Barrymore. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. that, that, I think Kirby is iconic. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to her in a bit, but I think... Drew Barrymore still eating mm-hmm. off this movie. Big deal. I mean, Nev Campbell, of course she is. We'll, we'll talk about Nev Campbell here in a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really cool. I did not know. I didn't even know that the the toast scene was that mm-hmm. big. Yeah, you have to look at it as an honor to yeah, Wes Craven, which is cool. It makes me kind of reevaluate the movie a little bit. I still don't really. I don't particularly <laughs> enjoy this movie. No, but I enjoy this sort of bits yes from the movie now that we're at the end we'll mm-hmm. rank our ours we are at the getting end there yes mm-hmm. at the end of the, yes. the episode a new sequence of the robert rodriguez directed stab movie within a movie appears in the film with randy um who's giving the rules to survive a horror movie monologue the scene is watched at wes's memorial party by his niece mindy as we said and then she's attacked by Ghostface just like the original film. So, right. yeah, as we said, that's the scene that she's watching. Following Tara's attack, her friend group comes together on the school campus to discuss the situation. And the scene mirrors the original scream where Sydney, Billy, Tatum, Stu, and Randy are all together and discussing Casey and Steve's murders from the night before. Tatum and Stu were seen eating a bag of green grapes during the sequence. And as a tribute, Wes and Amber are seen sharing the same. Okay, I didn't. Those are little details too that. Man, so much stuff happened in this, yeah. and I just was like, didn't really. Really? Yeah, I like this kind of stuff. But Nick Cave and the Bad Seed song, "The Red Right Hand," which had prominently been featured in the first three Scream films, returns to this franchise after it was not played in Scream Four. It's heard when Ghostface turns on Vince's car before killing him. Okay. So there's another homage for you. The film ends the same way as the first one ends, with the news report of the previous night's events as the survivors are taken to the hospital. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. But they kind of did that in Scream 4, too, because they had the news yeah. reporters and stuff, but they didn't yeah. know they didn't what really happened. Make it as big as it yeah. was, mm-hmm. but yes. And also it was Jill and, yeah. 
Sam Carpenter being the biological daughter of Billy Loomis. Okay. So if she changed her last name to her birth father's, then her name would be Sam Loomis. Okay. Which would then be the same name as Sam Loomis from Psycho and Dr. Samuel Loomis from Halloween. Halloween, yep. So many tie-ins. And did I mention already the Carpenter thing? John Carpenter. John Carpenter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, all these names. Yeah, yeah, just tying in together. Just before Vince is killed outside of the club, Ghostface baits him by turning on the high beam headlights of his car and blaring loud music from the radio. Since the Scream franchise loves to pay homage to gen, you know, the horror genre, this could possibly be seen as a nod to the 1983 horror film John Carpenter's Christine, which is adopted from a Stephen King novel. So okay. Christine is a haunted car that kills people. Really? I've never seen it. So. Oh, you've never heard of this? No. Nope. Yeah. That kind of freaks me out. It's probably a like car. a Tesla or something one of these days. Okay. It's going to like, I don't know, just lose its mind or I don't know. Anyway. So in both the novel and the film, when Christine runs over and kills, well, spoiler, Moochie Welch, one of the characters in the film, she pins him with her high beam headlights and blares music from the radio. Okay. So that's the idea that maybe it's sort of a tie into that, which I could see them doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Potentially. All right. So we got some general trivia for you now about okay. the movie. The first Scream movie in which the victim not only survives the opening, but the entire movie. You're right. Tara yeah. never dies. Yeah. She never did die. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that happened. So a little bit of a twist yeah. in this movie. Yeah. The first Scream film not to feature an opening murder. I was going to say, I couldn't. Actually I was, at all. Yeah. I was trying to think who mm-hmm. was the opening murder, but I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I didn't have one. Yes. Because she was alone. So yep. yeah, nobody dies in the first scene. And traditionally the opening scene actually had two victims. So that's yep. an even bigger deal because nothing, nobody dies in the first scene at all um let's see the fact that dewey never mentioned his sister tatum or her death was often criticized in the prior sequels it kind of made it seem like she'd been forgotten but in this film you can actually see that dewey has her ashes on his mantle mm-hmm. so yeah that's a little tribute back to i'm sure back to tatum. if you really put yourself in his position he doesn't want to think about that. He's not going to talk about it with it's everybody. It's very heartbreaking. Yeah. His sister got murdered. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to keep going, oh, you know, he just wants to remember the good times about her, with her. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Yeah. But it was nice that they included this. David Arquette is a certified Bob Ross painting instructor. Really? Did you know that? I did not know that. He actually taught several of the cast members how to paint like the legendary artists during their film breaks. That's cool. I was just like, I what an interesting do... fact. You know, he was a pro wrestler, right? What in the world? He was in WWF. I did not know that. He has like, he was on uh he had a big movie and everything, wow. but okay. he actually joined WWF for a while. All right, David Arquette. He's just full of surprises. Yeah. Apparently. Nev Campbell was initially hesitant to return to the franchise, especially in a new Scream film that didn't have Wes Craven as a director. Yep. As you're talking about obviously she really would have liked to get his blessing basically to start this new endeavor yeah film, endeavor film like yeah that. yeah new page in the the screen franchise but what changed her mind was that she received a letter from um matt and tyler the directors where they talked about how much Wes craven and his films meant to them as filmmakers so that's ultimately why she decided to do the project i think you would kind of 
hinted to that. Hinted, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really nice, you know, yeah, that that's they, how they reached out. And Do you think they'll continue doing that in the later films? Because you know, now that they're actually going, they're not going to stop with just the requel. I think there will be a whole new franchise. I think that was the idea of this. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dewey watches Gail as the anchor for Good Morning America. Before he turns the TV off, Gail signs off making a joke about how she hopes to never have bangs again. And if she tries, someone should stop her. This is obviously a reference to Gail's hairstyle in Scream 3, <laughs> which has become a giant meme and is just, she's constantly made fun of for it. They were terrible though. Well, that was the style. That was the year. I don't I think mean, it was the style. I think they were just terrible. So you think they were just doing a prank on her? I I believe David had recommended she cut her hair that way, but I don't think he did it maliciously. Whoops. I, but it did not look good. You know, one thing I've always liked, Courtney Cox and David Arquette, I'm glad that they can still be friends. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Yeah. Even though they got to, I know they have a kid together. Yes. So mm-hmm. they co-parent. So it's good that they yeah. can still have a professional relationship mm-hmm. and we can still get, well, I guess not. I'm sh- I hope there's a way to bring Dewey back. I don't think there is. Later season. I don't think there's any way to bring him back fr- from the franchise. dead. No. All right. So there's a framed photo of David Arquette and Courtney Cox sitting in his little sad house. He's very and sad in this one. Yeah. But that's a real photo. Oh, I didn't know that. A couple. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he is very sad in this movie. I feel bad for him. You know, he's remarried, right? Like he is remarried he has a couple new kids well not like the real life david arquette like i feel bad for dewey yeah i'm talking about real life david arquette like he's married has a new wife new kids Mm -hmm. well she's moved on too so right yeah i mean i wouldn't expect them not to i mean don't you think that'd be weird though what like being friends with your ex-wife and now that she has a new husband and everything oh no that's bonnie well, that's different. Is it though? All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Nev Campbell didn't realize until after the fact that Sydney Prescott's husband in Scream 2022 was an Easter egg. While speaking with Screen Rant about her role in the film, Campbell was asked about the Mark Kincaid Easter egg. She revealed that someone just told me that yesterday and she didn't realize it when I was saying it. So I don't know if you picked up on it, but she married Mark Kincaid, the police officer. Right, right. Yeah, you didn't you didn't pick up on that. Oh, I'm just saying this for those who didn't realize that that's who she was referring to. But she didn't realize it, and she filmed a stupid movie, so can't really be judgy about that. Oh man, I feel like you're being kind of judgy. I'm not. It's not fair. But that's Sydney Prescott didn't know. Prescott married Mm -hmm. the cop from Scream Three. Yes. Mm -hmm. Jenny Ortega said that the cast watched the first Scream movie on Halloween night in 2020. They viewed it on a projector and ate popcorn. That's kind of cool. I was like, oh, that's cute. Cute, cute. Dimension Films lost the rights to the Scream franchise that they had had since the first movie in 1996. Lantern Entertainment and Spyglass Media Group bought the rights to some Dimension franchises, including Scream, Scary Movie, and Children of the Corn Runaway. Ooh, maybe those are going to come back. Yeah, I don't know, but I thought it was an interesting I wonder why they lost the... The rights. Well, I think that was the whole Weinstein like debacle. And, I get, I can see. Yeah, that. as we were saying at the beginning, I think that's where all this stemmed from. Okay. Whew. Jack Quaid took to the character early on, so he's Richie. Remember mm-hmm. the boyfriend? Yeah. 
and even visited Scream Movie forums under the name Stabhead to comment <laughs> on them as if he was Richie. I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty funny. He's just out there trolling the internet. Uh, it just made me laugh that he was took the time to do that. That is, the, you know, to get in the character, to get in no, the head of it. No, it's a good idea. Sydney's line in the film, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun, was Nev mm-hmm. Campbell's idea. That's pretty funny. Movie. I thought that was clever that she did that. The appearance of Billy Loomis was a mixture of visual effects and live action performed by the original actor. As we said, Skeet, he came back. Due to COVID-19, he initially wasn't available. So Sam, Melissa, who played Sam, first acted out her scenes while Stand-In did all of his lines. At the end of shooting, Skeet came back to the set to shoot his part with Barrera doing her scenes again for him to react to. Awesome. That's pretty cool. I liked mm-hmm. it. I liked so, that. So, yeah. But as we said, he was really on set. And I believe, I don't think I have anything in here, but I think I read somewhere too that they didn't even have to really do actually a lot of visual. I mean, they had to make him look like a ghost or a vision. Right. vision. But as far as like his looks, yeah. they didn't really have to age him down too much because he basically looks the same. Yeah. yeah. He's ageless. He's one of those people. Right. One of those actors that did not really change in all this time. So I thought that was kind of funny, too, that they didn't really need to do much as far as his looks go. Nev Campbell, while um, in an interview with Variety, addresses the fact that she's not sure it was the right choice to kill off Dewey. And Courtney Cox even suggested to the directors to shoot it both ways so they had options in regards to keeping him around or not, much like Wes Craven did with the character in Scream and Scream 2. Because as we said... Wes couldn't make up his mind about Dewey either, but ultimately kept him around. They should have done that. Mm -hmm. Campbell said, I was devastated. I still have trouble wrapping my head around it. I still question whether it was the right choice. Because from what I'm hearing, there are a lot of fans who are really upset. Yeah. She did reveal that herself, Arquette, and Cox had all talked about his demise beforehand. And that's when she brought up Cox's suggestion where, you know, she did both ways. It broke my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. Campbell said, we were all sad about it. Courtney had tried to tell the directors that she did both ways to give themselves the option because that's what Wes would do sometimes when there are certain characters that were so beloved. Right. So. They should have let him. If you guys agree with us, do you think Dewey should have died? Or do you think they should have shot it both ways? And had the option option to not kill him and then not kill him. Our opinion is Dewey should not have died. I do not think he should have. Let us know in the comments below. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sad. This is the first Scream film where neither of the killers has a personal motive against Sydney. Yep. Yep. Which is true. While they marketed the original Scream, as we know, Drew Barrymore was shown front and center on the posters which made everybody think that she was the main character of the movie. Yep. But she was the first kill in the movie. That's West. Well, being... second kill, actually, because that... Steve didn't Steve died first, right? Yeah. They gutted no. Steve. No, yeah, they gutted yeah, Steve they, yeah, and then they got the her second. out of the house. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But she 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 died super early in the movie. In this film, Jenny Ortega's character is Jenna. Yeah. I think I said Jenny. Jenna Ortega's character is marketed in the opposite manner. She's not in the front of the poster. Her name isn't even shown on posters. And she's only in one scene in the trailer, which kind of mimics Drew Barrymore's in the original, which makes you think as the audience going into it, that she's the first one to be killed off. 
No, she survives. But she, in fact, survives the opening and is one of the main characters. That's awesome. So I These thought that was funny. Tricky, tricky filmmakers. Yeah, I thought that was that was pretty funny too. Playing with our emotions. And let me look in case I missed it. Because I thought I had something about when David Arquette filmed his final scene, but I'm not seeing it in here. So basically what I had read when David Arquette went in, like he basically was just like he went in, he did the scene, he packed up his stuff and he left really yeah like he he just had to kind of come at peace with it except that this is the way it was with this character wow and do it wow that would break but my heart i can't imagine As the actor being yeah. putting so much time mm-hmm. into this character yeah i don't think i could have done that i feel so bad for him. so let me ask you the big question mm-hmm. do you think wes craven would have been happy with this film i think parts of it for sure right but I think overall he would have been disappointed. I didn't like the Loomis thing where Sam is the illegitimate daughter, like that whole thing. I just, I didn't really care for that. I thought it was eh, not my favorite. I understand why they did it, but it wasn't, this movie didn't have the feelings behind a Scream movie. It felt I mean, very disconnected. What? Like, I didn't like that part. And so Amber lives in Stu's house. Right. Which, first of all, people are still living in his house. What the? Okay. But. I guess you can just buy it, right? Like, but, I, apparently. But I can kind of understand because people are weird as fuck. Right. I can see her as a character figuring out as she's growing up where she grew up looking into what happened because there's plenty of information in Mm -hmm. the fictional world about the murders and what went down and then her being crazy deciding i want to be a legend like this i want to be part of this history right i literally live in the guy's house let's let's recreate it let's do something let's do i can follow her as a character and her storyline and i'm like i get it i can totally get behind that the whole like i said the sam thing i just I, with her being crazy and she's seeing her dead dad that but, she's never met. Exactly. I'm like, you clearly never met him because he's been dead for a long freaking time. Right. And portraying her as crazy and seeing him, I'm just like, I, I just wasn't here for that part of it. Right. I, I didn't really buy into that. I feel like I wish there would have been another reason to tie her and her sister in. Mm-hmm you know, as being targets, right? Like whether it was, they lived in Sydney's old house or, you know, mm-hmm. something stupid like that, because you don't really need a big reason. Right. Cause these people are crazy. Right. They're, they're going to do what they want to do Welcome to America. People are crazy. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the boyfriend, you know, it's a trope, but I, it kind of makes sense. Right. You know, no. he pretended to, to be her boyfriend and get to know her and, right. you know, whatever. I kind of no, get I understand that. that. But, so hmm. overall i just i mean i'll watch this movie i get some enjoyment out of it mm-hmm. but it's not my favorite one yeah i think they tried mm-hmm. but i think they had a lot of missed opportunities mm-hmm. yeah that's my personal opinion yeah and now that we're going they're trying to pass off the franchise from sydney to the new yes. sisters mm-hmm. i do not like that i do not like the fact that we're there just got done shooting scream six, six. Mm-hmm. and sydney nev campbell 
is not going to be in it over a pay dispute over a pay dispute not a we didn't have anywhere to put you in the script we didn't think you fit the storyline it was a pay dispute and that's some bullshit because and she's the face of the franchise absolutely she made the franchise right next, as it is right next to this motherfucker to ghost face she is the face of the franchise and i'm glad she kind of stuck to her guns because tom cruise is not taking less money yeah so she should have mm-hmm. stuck to her guns and was out I agree. But I I don't understand how you can have another Scream movie With no without, Sydney. without Sydney. And granted, Gail will be back. And the no only, Courtney Cox was in it. The two redeeming factors that Scream 6 can have is Gail's going to be in it and Kirby's coming back. Mm-hmm. So those are two so we'll redeemable see it. factors. Of Honestly, course, we're going to see, gonna it. see it. But... We're, we're Scream fans. Mm-hmm. Of, obviously. obviously. So... Where do you, where's your list? Where do you rank everything? So honestly, are we doing like best to worst? Yeah, okay. best to worst. Okay, so I would probably say Scream 1 is my favorite. Okay. Then I would probably put, honestly, I like Scream 4. Okay. Then I would go Scream 2. Then I think this was the hard part for me. It was the last two movies. I think I would honestly put this one, Scream 5, next and put Scream 3 at the bottom. Only because I do like the ending of this movie and I really don't have a redeeming factor for Scream 3. <laughs> I liked the, like I said, I liked the kills. I like the way they put it together, the ending, even though I don't like the the weird Billy ghost thing i don't i don't like any of that but i like the fire and and like i said the way amber just shot live in the head right i liked the way that tied in yes and i like the things that they put in that honored wes right so that's why this one's gonna squeak out scream three and i'm gonna put scream three at the bottom i would write the exact same way really really i did not think that we would have a matching list i really didn't i i assumed you'd be like scream one scream two and then scream four and nope I wow like okay we didn't talk one, about this ahead of time so. scream four is mm-hmm. the next i like the way scream four was written scream four is one of those screams that can stand on its own yes you don't mm-hmm. really need to know the backstory no you can do i mean the writing was it mm-hmm. i mean it's the I last it. movie that Les, Les was actually yeah, the director Les of it of, mm-hmm. i mean yeah it just it was a better movie mm-hmm. and i can understand scream three was just so confusing it I like was, uh, and then, I mean if they couldn't if uh, they didn't cut it for time they could have done so much more and, and like, the rewrites and the and rewrites and everything if they would have done the original thing like the copycat killer and yeah. ran with that or brought Stu Stu back as or, the original exactly killer I mean it's still gonna be like a copycat thing but having Stu as part of it is the main killer mm-hmm. that would have been such a great surprise absolutely because could you imagine they could have even like not even really had him in the movie and then just boom at the end yeah still yep what? he could have been back for the one last kill like a fucked then, up face or exactly, something from the from exactly the tv <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah we did not talk about this no nope. i really didn't think our list but would yeah match. we we match yeah so. it was hard though like i said but when it comes down to it i really i would watch this one this requel just for i i mean like i would skip big chunks of it because when we rewatched it i was kind of like on my phone right like the hospital scene i was just like when nobody, nothing's gonna happen until dewey gets killed 
Like when you're in the hospital and nobody's there, like it's an abandoned hospital. That drives it's me like nuts. Michael Myers, right? Oh, like we're sec- gonna talk about that. It's Michael like Myers the second too. one when nobody was in the hospital. The fuck is that? I'm just that's like, not a thing. That's not a thing. Trust been, me. We've been to the hospital. We've enough. done this, yeah. And they don't even leave you the fuck alone. There's nurses you're, in there. You're hooked up to knock, knock, knock. To hey, things. If you get up, I mean, they're gonna to know. Check your blood pressure. Yeah. Oh, I need to draw some blood. How they're are gonna you know. doing? Are you doing okay? Like, yeah, I was asleep. Now I'm not okay. Thank like, you. I was in the hospital before, and even if I put my foot off oh, the Mayo on the Clinic. floor, yes, the, an alarm would go off, and they would think <laughs> I fell out of my bed. They're serious at the and, Mayo and Clinic. And they would rush in there, like five or six of them, yeah. and I was just like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was just getting up. Yeah. But yeah, that's not a thing in hospitals. Oh, but it drives in, me But nuts. in horror movies, that's a thing and it drives me nuts. Ugh, it really annoys me and i know that ghostface and michael myers killed people who were there but there was like two people exactly i mean seriously that's not a thing there's a multiple nerd especially like okay michael myers when we get there was like you know 70s 80s maybe you could get away with saying like they, the safety precautions and stuff weren't as much this movie this one is current times. Yes. That is not realistic. That is not realistic. That, that at all. girl was on that floor like by herself. Right. And where were the other patients? Obviously She's just out fucking other, around and no one no no one else is here. Obviously in the other wing of the hospital. Drove me nuts. I did so. not like that either. So that entire scene gets on my nerves, A because of that. Yes. B because of the whole Dewey thing. Yes. So I could skip all that. Like really, I could just skip this movie until the end. <laughs> and yeah. just watch all the deaths and yeah. then I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe the party scene. Yeah. I because, do like the party scene. I'll have to go back and rewatch because it. Because of all the West from things. From all the West mm-hmm. things and all the cameos yeah. and voiceovers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about this. So yeah. it gives me something cool. something new mm-hmm. to look at the movie for yeah. and say, okay, let's let's watch it. Yeah. Let's see if we can hear Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. So, yeah. So, I did have some quotes that we didn't get to quite yet. Not too many because, again, I wasn't really into the movie. So, yeah. Right. Amber, when talking to Sam, says it wouldn't work with just you, Sam. And then she turns to Sydney. See, we had to bring the legacy characters back to make it matter. Can't have a bona fide Halloween without Jamie Lee. I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she true. has a good point when she's, when she's presenting all of that. Then Sydney, when she's on the phone talking to Ghostface, she says, you might actually be the most derivative one of all. I mean, Christ, the same house. And then she shoots the door because remember Sydney came in hot. She was coming into Stu's house. Like she was, she was not here for it. Right. Ghostface replies, maybe so, but you forgot the first rule of surviving a stab movie. Never answered the, then Sydney cuts Ghostface off. I'm bored. Ghostface, of course, is yelling, wait. And Sydney ends the call. (laughs) I do like that. I like how the movies progress with Sydney with this like badassness. Right. Like in the first movie, she does mock Ghostface pretty early on, but I like how this continues and she's just like, I just no, I I don't don't have have time for this. No, fuck all this noise. This has happened way too many times. I've been afraid of this. this. Fuck all this noise. And she literally goes through that whole house just shooting everywhere. Yep. Trying to make sure. And then Tara, who's actually she was locked up like in the closet, right? And Mm -hmm. then her sister rescued her, but nobody knew that she had gotten rescued. So badly burned and disfigured Amber pops up from the kitchen screaming and she's charging at Sydney and Gail and Sam with a knife. And then out of nowhere, Tara comes out, shoots, (laughs) shoots Amber in the head and then says, I still prefer the Babadook from 
calling back to the beginning of the movie when she's talking about what scary movies she prefers. And she likes the Babadook because it's more thought-provoking, clever. I can't remember all the reasons she lists. But... Man, some of this, is, like, I didn't get that either. Like, Yeah, I, yeah that's, that's a callback to the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So that's why she says, I still prefer the Babadook. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of things we'll have to go back and rewatch and listen to. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think this would sneak past Scream 3. Yeah. Even though I like Cotton Weary's character I in Scream like, 3. Yeah, I like the the characters in it. I mean, and I, like I said, Scott Foley is awesome. It's not his fault. Right. He did a good job with what he had for the character. I just didn't care for the storyline. The actors can only do so much. Exactly. I just didn't like the story, the plot, the, and then, then they had the whole like no blood. And uh, I mean, it wasn't entirely like the writing and the, right. It just had a lot of things go wrong. I think. This is why the studio should let production companies be production companies. Mm, yeah. But not when they're, rough. when they're fun, studios are like giant banks. Mm-hmm. They basically loan you the money to shoot this. Yep. And then that's what they want specific things. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yep. So as usual, check out hellosydney.com. That's lots of fun screen things on there. That's where I got some of my information for today. IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Wikipedia, you name it. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for checking out this episode. This is This it. is the last Scream, yeah. Scream 5, the requel. Until the next one. Let us know in the comments what mm-hmm. you think about Dewey. Yes. Your list of how best, you rank them, best to worst Scream mm-hmm. movies in the trilogy in the franchise, mm-hmm. and definitely follow us on Instagram at Boogeyman Podcast at Boogeyman Pod at Boogeyman Pod. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it's okay. Robert 1950 Studios, the Sam Lamb, and then Limitless Broadcasting, mm-hmm. and be on the lookout for our our call in number. Yeah, it should we'll be love, available now. So. We would love, yeah, mm-hmm. love to communicate with you guys and thank you for listening and we love doing this mm-hmm. so and we will be back with our next episode yeah. for halloween, halloween the first the one. first one uh-huh 1978 yep all right yeah. bye bye you can't kill the boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by robbie and sammy brooksby as part of the limitless broadcasting podcast network post-production and intro by sammy brooksby Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950Studios and at The Samalam. We also have a TikTok at 1950Studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at BoogeymanPod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week! <laughs>